The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit podcast, the POD cast, as we call it. My name is Jeremy Rice, and this is our big NFL draft preview podcast. 2020 NFL draft is less than four days away. I'm very excited for it. I'm sure y'all are excited for it, too. Again, my name is Jeremy Rice, and I'm the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. I'm the interim coach of this podcast. You can find me at Detroit Online. I'm with here with Ryan Matthews, of course. Ryan. Back is the mother. That's at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how you doing, bud? Uh, that was the most adequate intro that I've ever gotten on this podcast. Thank you so much, buddy. I'm doing you know well. I'm, I'm reeling from last night, all right? We did our, our little Twitch Sings stream for seven hours last night. Raised over $900. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, but we're not here to talk about my birthday. We're here to talk about the Lions draft. And we brought two oh. friends, two very familiar friends. Maybe. Do, do we hire you at the same time again? I can't remember. Um, I think I was before. See, well, there you, there you go. Then, then I'm right. I, that, that wrong, voice, of course, I don't even remember. <laughs> that voice, of course, is Alex Reno at Alex underscore Reno. How you doing today, buddy? Thank, thanks for coming back to the show. Yeah. Um, I think I emptied the tank out with all my energy last night. So <laughs> I'm here, but it might not seem like it. And then as is per tradition, for our NFL draft preview podcast, we had to get a semi outsider voice, one that that certainly is familiar with the Lions, but has a let's say a, a more analytical and objective viewpoint of them, maybe. And that's PFF's Brett Whitefield. Brett, how you doing, bud? What's up, guys? I'm good, man. Is, is this three years in a row for us? I think so. Uh, that bourbon, and, and, I see. I do drinking a lovely bourbon this this evening. We're we're all nursing something at this point, and that's that's what makes this show the best, in my opinion. No one else has an opinion on it, so we're just going to go right into the podcast. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that was our intro. Let's move into Detroit Lions 2020 NFL Draft. Before we get into some of the players and prospects and predictions, we're going to have a lot of predictions in the second segment. Let's talk about the Bob Quinn presser because that happened a couple days ago. Um, sometimes you might be able to glean something from it. He might give you a little tip about what happened. 
I wouldn't say this year there was too much to pull from it, but there was a couple interesting things that he said that I'd, I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on. Um, the first thing is, and I think a lot of people kind of scoffed at this and was like, eh, I don't think so. Um, he said that basically the team, he thought in free agency, the team improved at every position on defense. Uh, and I, I'm assuming he's splitting it up by defensive line, linebackers, and secondary because I don't know how you could necessarily argue that they got better at corner. Um, but, but maybe, maybe you guys think that they did. Um, let's throw it first to Alex. What did you think about him saying that? Uh, do you, do you believe him? Yeah. The, I think that the direct quote was like, uh, improved at all levels of the defense. And so that's where I kind of thought maybe he was talking about, like you said, defensive yeah. line linebackers, secondary, I think it's closer when you say it like that, but if he is saying it by position group, I have no idea how you could possibly say that our cornerbacks improved. I think maybe it's a push at best with Trufant replacing Slay who struggled. But I also I don't I know that Ashawn and Snacks did not play very well, but I don't know if I would even say that our defensive line has improved. Yeah. I, it, it, I mean, it's definitely not a, it doesn't appear to be a massive improvement. Like, I mean, Danny Shelton was good, but he's never really been a full-time starter like snacks has. Um, yeah. It, it, I can see how people would think at, at best, it might be a push. Um, Brett, do you, do you th- see things differently? Yeah, I think it's a little bit. I, I definitely think they got better at all three levels of the defense. Um you know, Shelton and, and Nick Williams, they're, you know, you've already kind of said they're, they're mediocre and haven't been full-time players, but the, like what they got from Ashawn and snacks last year was, you know, those were guys, those guys were pretty much body bags for them. I mean, they weren't, yeah. they were great. Um, nothing against them, but I mean, Shelton, Shelton was better. Uh, I think he's at a better point in his career right now than snacks is. And I think Williams is kind of like an ascending player. That's kind of, kind of a late bloomer. And, it'd be interesting to see what they get out of him. But, you know, even despite that, I think Collins and Harmon and Trufant, I mean, you're adding significant coverage pieces to the defense and that's really what's important. You know, especially me as a PFF guy, we're always going to favor those coverage players over run stoppers. And, you know, Harmon is a huge boost on the back end of that defense. And, and Trufant and Slay is honestly pretty much a push Their Their last three years have been almost identical. That's, I mean, I, I, find, I, that, do, I find that hard to believe, but I mean, I mean, how much is, is Darius Slay weighed down by one bad year last year? And in, who in had it worse like than Darius Slay last year in the entire NFL at cornerback having a terrible pass rush? And I think he even said it um, on his what was it Instagram live with Diggs saying that they were constantly taking the safety away from him and just leaving him alone the entire game. So I don't know. Yeah, Slade definitely had it had it bad. I mean, Trufant didn't have a great year himself, actually. Um, you know, I'm looking at three year side by side grades right now. Seventy eight point six for Slay, seventy eight point two for Trufant, and that's a coverage. So I mean, they are like legitimately as close as you can possibly get over three year sample. Yeah, I do like Trufant a lot, and I do like his fit a lot for the Lions. Yeah, I think I think the. The one thing that people might be underestimating is how, how good Truvant is when he's healthy. Obviously, he's dealt with some injury stuff in the past couple of years, but Slay had his own share of injury stuff that he kind of had to play through. Pretty, I mean, I think they were joking on that Instagram Graham live you were talking about that, like 
he had he had to leave the game once every game that he played in the past like two or three years. Yeah, um, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was always super scary, right? Right. Yeah. Every <laughs> every single time, heart skips a beat. Uh, Ryan, um, what do you think about the the quote about them getting better at every level? You, you well, buying think, it? Uh, not so much. I think that's some good salesmanship by the guy who's a snake oil salesman himself, Mister Bob Flynn. <laughs> but um, le- legitim- legitimately speaking, though, I-, I think the reason why I have pause and concern is yeah, Trufant had some injury concerns, but so has Slay. But if you want to like, like, you know, what Alex said at the beginning of this segment, <clears throat> talking about the cornerbacks, if, if, if you take Slay out of the equation and you put in Trufant, well, every single time that Slay went out of those games, it was, man, the Lions are in deep trouble because the drop off from that corner to the next one is, is, is a huge gap. So right. Now it seems to be before we get into the draft and before we get into the talk that we're going to get into and what position, you know, uh, what, 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 what position groups the Lions should be targeting. It seems like cornerback is a position where the Lions just still don't seem to have everything together. Um, it, it seems like they have a plan, but let's see if they can execute it. Right. It, they definitely seem like they have some pressure to pick up a corner at some point, probably in day one or day two of this draft. And obviously Okuda is probably the, the main guy we're circling here, but um, let's switch over, over to the offensive side of the ball real quick before we jump in again to some of these draft prospects. Um, talk about the other th- interesting thing Bob Quinn said, which was um, basically talking about Halapuli Vati Vaitai and saying, um, I have confidence in this guy at tackle. I have confidence in this guy at guard. Um, basically where he plays m- might play out uh, depending on the moves that the team makes in the next couple of weeks, which is basically saying, depending on how the draft goes. Um, he could play right tackle. He could play right guard. Um, I think that surprised a lot of people. Um, a lot of my, a lot of people, including myself had it written in at right guard with a, with a Sharpie. Um, question is, is this just again, snake oil salesman, Bob, or, or do you think this is a, a serious thing that he's saying? He's made, did the lines pay for this guy to be a right tackle or a right guard, or did they pay for him to be a right tackle? Brett, I'll go to you first. Yeah. he, he... You know, I think Ryan and I kind of got into this a little bit on Twitter this weekend. Um, it's kind of deba- Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> always um, kind of debating, you know, juxtaposing Vitae versus Glasgow, but that aside for a second, Vitae, he has experience starting at like four different positions on the O-line. You know, he's the only mm-hmm. thing he hasn't played is center really. So does he kind of like translate as a tackle a lot better? Absolutely. He does. But he is more versatile than a guy like Glasgow, and I think that allows them to kind of play the board a little bit better in the draft. You know, they don't have they're not pigeonholed into taking a tackle really high. But if there's a guy there that they love, or say they are able to trade back or whatever, I, I kind of think that gives them the flexibility to say, "Hey, we can count on this guy at guard or tackle." And I do think he fits that mold. Um, you know, I don't know if, how great of a guard he would be as a full time starter, but he's getting paid like he's going to be one. So. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to go to Reno here too, because he's kind of been, you know, touting the flag of the Lions potentially drafting a, an offensive tackle for months now. Um, do you view this as kind of more supporting your theory or do you think Bob is, is just kind of saying things like that and, and not, not necessarily believing it himself? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely a chance we can take offensive tackle, uh, near the first round or second round. Um, I think even if you look at the highest paid guards, he's only, he would only be making like 
16th most from all all the top paid guards too so i mean yep obviously he can pay, play both positions um he's getting paid like he's going to start no matter what where he's going to start i'm not sure but i think it's a good problem to have i don't think crosby's ready if you draft an offensive tackle then you have three talented players and then you just decide between by tie playing guard or tackle and then just plug whoever's better between crosby and the rookie offensive tackle all right, Ryan. I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash you on Brett. Let's let's try to keep things civil here, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my claws back and uh, retracted. But the thing is, we talk about all the positional versatility that Vitai has, and I will not get into an argument with anybody about tackle being a more uh, valuable position because it is. But let's not discount the fact that Graham Glasgow had positional versatility. He was the guy who, if Frank Ragnow would have went down in a pinch, he would have been the guy to play center. Who's the guy now? Russell Bodine. <laughs> cool. Um, so anyways, uh, the, thing, the thing with Vitae is that he just got paid tackle money, so he should play tackle. I... It's awesome. It's awesome that he... It's awesome that he has a positional versatility and he can kick in and play guard. That's great if you can do that in a pinch. But when you look at the resources that Bob Quinn has allocated to the offensive line over the duration of his period as general manager, the Lions have been average at best. They've been average at best, in my opinion. And the thing is, the reason why is because I'm grading it on a scale in which the resources that he's allocated to, the, to a first-round draft pick and Taylor Decker his first year. Um, then he even went Graham Glasgow in the third round that same draft. Joe Dalton. Joe Dahl, fast forward to when he took Frank Ragnow in the first round, fast forward to when he made Rick Wagner, the highest paid right tackle in NFL history. TJ Lang. TJ Lang. Lang. I, I think there's, I think what Bob Quinn has done is he's poured so much effort and like, here's the thing. All of his efforts aren't misguided. I think that there's a lot of value in building the trenches. And I think that there's a lot of value in trying to protect your franchise quarterback. That just hasn't been done though. Like, didn't our, didn't the franchise quarterback just spend the last half of the season on the shelf? And, and the backup. <laughs> that was kind of his own fault, though, running into a couple <laughs> yeah, defenders on, on his own, though. Blind better. At, at some point, you also <laughs> have to wonder, like, I mean, n- none of these picks or, or free agents that they picked up were necessarily viewed as reaches or, or extreme overpays, I would say. Um, so at some point, you probably have to point the finger at coaching at least a little bit. Um, but, but your point does stand like they, they've poured all these resources in the offensive line and it hasn't, it hasn't looked anything quite like what, like the Cowboys are doing. They they spend all these resources and suddenly get the, the unequivocally best offensive line in the league for several years. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I want to say too, I, I don't mind if the lions spend a late first round draft pick, if there's a tackle who falls, maybe the lions in some draft scenario, they trade back, they get, one of the dolphins extra first round picks and there's an offensive tackle on the board. I don't mind, but here's the thing. This is Bob Quinn, the snake oil salesman striking again, because he has the opportunity to say, Hey, you know, I took a tackle and that kind of insulates ourselves from having to maybe pay Taylor Decker more than we want to pay him because he isn't the guy that we think he is going to be on the open market. I, I I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I'm just saying that he's messed up. He's had some missteps. Yeah. Right. It looks like you want to say something. Get in there. <laughs> well, 
I think Ryan's point about the ROI on the investment made in the offensive line, it's, it's spot on. I mean, they have invested a ton. And while I think O-line has been, hasn't been the problem of the team, uh, and in fact, in a lot of ways, I think they've, they've been pretty good in, in some stretches. He hasn't got the return he was hoping for. Right. But um, last point on that, like, I don't think Vitae is really making tackle money, though. He's tackled 23 in pay. I mean, in, in a market where you're always constantly resetting, he's starting his contract as tackle 23. By the time that's up, I mean, he's going to be way down the board. Plus, guaranteed money wasn't bad, guys. We're like 44% right. of his contracts guaranteed. Most tackles re-signing deals right now are getting in the 60s and 70s range. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I can live with it. But I, I, do hear your, I do hear what you're saying, Ryan. I think there's a lot of substance to that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some some draft talk. Let's talk specifically about some players. Uh, I have kind of like a, a questionnaire form uh, about um, certain prospects or, or certain categories of prospects, and I want you kind of like the list of the prospect that best fits that category. And then in the next segment, we're going to get into predictions about what you think happens on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, first question: Who is the one prospect that is better than most people are saying? Let's start with Reno. Um, I think a good one for that would be uh, Julian Aquara, edge rusher mm-hmm. out of Notre mm-hmm. Dame. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people are really talking about him as our second round pick. I think that uh, broken leg that he had was pretty scary. But mm-hmm. uh, if the health checks out, I think people need to be talking more about him as a possibility in the second round. I think I have him above Kalevon Chason, actually. Um. I think if AJ Epines is there, you would take him maybe. Um, I think Aquara, maybe right behind him, he's there. I think he can play as Jack, a down defensive end. I think he's versatile. I think he would be our second best pass rusher immediately behind Trey Flowers. So, Second best uh, pass rusher and first best Aquara on the team? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <No> <laughs> Uh, all right, Brett, who, who is one player that you think is better than, than most people are talking about? I was actually going to say Aquara. So, <laughs> oh, um, no. yes. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Aquara, <laughs> he's a top 30 player on our board, but I'll, uh, I'll go someone else. Um, how about Marlon Davidson? Okay. Uh, interior defender from Auburn. Mm-hmm. This is a guy, he played edge mostly at Auburn at six, four, 300 pounds or whatever he is, which is like a ridis- ridiculous ask of that guy. So but he's he's a very athletic, very flexible kind of rusher. I think he's he's going to translate to the NFL game a lot better than he he did in college. I don't think people are uh, are talking enough about him. I think there's a really a really solid chance he goes very much higher than than where you're seeing a lot of mock drafts putting him right now. Do you think he's a good fit for the Lions? I do actually, which is one of the reasons I name dropped him. <laughs> I appreciate that. See, always thinking ahead. Uh, all right, Ryan, let's, let's throw it to you. Who's one prospect that you like a little bit better than, uh, I would say the national majority does. Mm, man. Uh, I don't know. I think I tend to fall in with a lot of the majority just because I, I rely on other people who are smarter <laughs> than me when it comes to draft <laughs> prospects like Brett and Alex, these two wonderful <laughs> people that we have on our, our show right now. Um, but I, I think one of the names that stands out to me is uh, Jordan Elliott, who hasn't been getting a whole lot of rub. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of a fit he would be here in Detroit necessarily, but I think that he's a name that you don't see 
talked about a whole lot when it comes to interior defensive linemen in the same way that you hear people talk about Javon Kinlaw or you hear people talk about uh, Ross Blacklock or any of those players. And I think that he could be he could be a guy who maybe sneaks into the end of the first round or maybe even top of the second round that uh, is, is a name that you haven't really heard a whole lot about. Brett's nodding a lot. He seems to agree. And he's one of the experts. So so what, what do you got to say about him? <laughs> So, yeah, when I looked down at my sheet to pick another player after Aquara, I was deciding between Elliot and Davidson. Look at that. But if you listen to any of the PFF podcasts, you would hear them <laughs> gloat about Jordan Elliott all the time. So I didn't pick him just for the sake of being a little different. But, yeah, Elliot, phenomenal player. I mean, we have, I think he's our number three defensive tackle. He's a top 25 player on our board. Um, the only issue is he doesn't fit in Detroit. Mm. And that's very sad to me because... Um, I mean, unless Patricia had a philosophical change of heart this offseason and the way he Come wanted on. to Come on. The way he wanted to <laughs> that front seven. Jordan Elliott's all about burst and first step quickness. And yeah. he's a he's a penetrating detackle. It's just not what they're not they what they're looking power. to get out of this. Wasn't guys. he a really good yeah. run defender though? Am I wrong? Yeah, he's a good good run defender for sure. But like to draft a guy that high to not even try to use his pass rush ability would just be sad. <laughs> he's got really short arms too. So you think, think they would just misuse him then? Yeah, 100%. Okay. They would never misuse a defensive tackle, I don't think. They certainly <laughs> wouldn't do that and then have the player come out and, and complain about it. You guys are crazy. Um, all right, let's let's go on to the next question, which is the opposite question. Uh, one prospect that you're lower on than, than most of the national uh, media. Let's, let's throw it back to, to Reno first. Mid, okay, only, only if yeah, only if you give uh, us an answer, Jeremy. I want to hear your draft takes. Nope, I'm the host today. All right, I'm not too bad. Okay, nope. uh, <laughs> I have, I guess, two answers for this. Both cornerbacks. I bet you can guess one of them. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm not uh, gonna make you say it though. <laughs> first one would be C.J. Henderson. I am. I don't want to call myself a hater, but I do talk a lot about <laughs> C.J. Henderson in the Slack room and on Twitter, and I don't think. He's as good as people are saying. I do think he's going to get drafted as high as people think because he is an insanely good athlete. And that's just what you do. You draft great athletes for corners. But his PFF, I'm going to throw a PFF stat out here. But how about that? His coverage grade, his (laughs) coverage grade last year was a 58.9. I think people keep focusing on how bad of a run defender he is. But I really think that people aren't talking about how he's struggled in pass coverage. I think he gets pushed around. I don't think he's as physical as uh, Detroit would like. Um, I just, I I just wouldn't touch him in the top 20, but then also my other answer would be Jalen Johnson. I don't dislike him that much. I just don't think he's as good as some of the other corners that would be available. I'd rather have like a Trayvon Diggs in the second round. I'd rather have like Noah Igbenogany, um, I think they're both really good fits here. I think Jalen Johnson is a guy I'd probably take more in the third round. Um, only because I like some other corners above him. But I do think he's a really good fit here. Fair enough. All right, Brett, same question to you. Um, let's go Justin Herbert. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Justin Herbert's, uh, I mean... Obviously, he's like a world world class athlete for a quarterback, and he's got the the laser rocket arm and everything. But 
from a, a down for down decision making perspective and throw for throw accuracy level, he's just he's not very good. And uh, I think he's probably going to get way overdrafted. Do you, you think I've seen some people make make the Matthew Stafford comparison there because rocket arm just not refined yet. Is that is that a fair comparison? Do you think like maybe with a, a year or two under his belt, he can he can get it under control with good coaching? I, I mean, anything's possible. If he landed in the right situation, yeah, I'd feel a lot better about that. I think Stafford was. I think he was he had a much better mentality um, coming out. I like I, like his his ability under pressure. I thought was really good and reading defenses. I, he was farther advanced than Herbert is. Herbert in that Oregon offense, it's really kind of stunted his growth. You know, like as a sophomore, mm-hmm. Herbert was awesome and he just never got better. In fact, he's gotten worse. Right. And a lot of that thing, it has to do with the, the Oregon officers didn't push him and doesn't, uh, you know, didn't really teach him enough about playing the game of football. Fair enough. Do you have him as uh, your QB four or five then? Is there somebody ahead of him for you? Not really. I think it gets pretty hairy after two. So, yeah. All right, Ryan, who's a guy that people are high on that you're, you're not quite feeling. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of changed over the course of draft season, but I think when the draft networks uh, mock draft simulator came out and people were trading back and this was before the Duran Harmon trade, but I think a lot of people were trading back. They were getting an extra first round pick and a lot of people were taking safety grant Delpit from LSU. Mm -hmm. And I think that he is somebody who's going to get overdrafted. And I just don't view him as, as the kind of talent that screams first round to me, just because Mm -hmm. of some of the holes that you can poke in his game specifically, like his lack of tackling ability, like his kind of like, perchance or his lack of perchance for like the big plays and, and, and making the sound tackles. So I just don't think he a would fit here in Detroit. Um, and also I'm just really high on Xavier uh, McKinney. I think that he's going to be an absolute stud um, and I'm really high on him. So he's actually a player that even if say the lions trade back and they end up with one of the dolphins extra first round picks, I would have no problem with the lions drafting another safety. If they could get a player like Xavier McKinney. And I only say that just because the lions want to play three safeties all the time anyways. So why not grab another guy who can do that? I don't know. Brett, what do you think about that? I mean, McKinney, he's Tracy Walker. My comp for him is Tracy Walker. So uh, Mm. I think that actually works great. Play. They can both play in the slot. McKinney's, basically more of a slot corner that needs a safety at this point. And, uh, I think that's awesome. Play, yeah. play a deep, play Harmon deep, have two other safeties on the field, helps you get, stay physical in the box. Um, I think it's a great idea. Not sure what they do with Justin Coleman, but, um, I'm, I'd be all for that. He's, he's not the only safety you want to convert to corner. There you go. Say <laughs> Simmons. Hey, don't the Lions already have 25 safeties on their roster right now? <laughs> we, we said this last year, though, and then they ran out by the end of the season because they traded one away that's, and then another one. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because chat was very much expecting you to answer Derek Brown, Ryan. And I'm going to tease this. We're going to talk about Derek Brown at the top of next segment because Brett has an interest in, some interesting facts about him that I, I want out there. So stick around. We're going to talk Derek Brown and then we're going to make some predictions about the 2020 NFL draft coming this week. Stick with us.
And we are back with the POD cast talking NFL draft, our big preview with PFS Brett Whitefield and our own Alex Reno. And of course, Ryan's always here. And we appreciate that. Just a throw in. Just a throw. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're presumed to be here. Just for you're the price of admission. <laughs> All right. Uh, I teased it at the top. Derek Brown has been the source of a lot of antagonism for, for lions fans. No one wants to see him drafted three overall. There's the talk. I mean, and there's, there's adequate talk, adequate, adequate debate to be had about whether a, a nose or, or one tech or even a three tech is worth a top three pick that, that I think we can all agree is, is a questionable decision, but I think it, things have gotten out of control a little bit about how quote unquote bad of a prospect he is and how, poor of a choice he would be for the lines in the first round. Brett uh, has kind of snuck me some, some information. And I, I, I want, I want to hear his take about it because uh, um, it, I think it puts, um, I, I think it might cause people to rethink him as a prospect and, and a fit in Detroit. Yeah. I think right off the bat, like people are so desperate to not want Brown in Detroit that they've kind of like spent the last month just dragging the dude's name through the mud for no reason. Yeah. I do think the guy's a pretty awesome prospect. The question for me comes down to position value, you know, how valuable is that position? Right. And I just, I wouldn't draft it at number three overall, regardless if that's Derek Brown or, or somebody else. So, but when you're, when you're looking at defensive tackle prospects, I mean, he's, he's as elite as they come. He's, you know, everyone wants to compare him to Kinlaw and, and make the claim that Kinlaw is automatically going to be this better pass rusher. And there's a there's a case to be made that Kinlaw has better physical traits. But when you look at the data and look at the numbers, Derek Brown's been every bit as good rushing the passer as Kinlaw has in college. You know, whether that's their their PFF passers grade, which is literally identical over the last two years, or you know their win rate, which is both over seventeen percent. Pressure rates neck and neck. Brown has more pressures than Kinlaw does. He's you know, he's got more sacks and hits. He's got more batted passes. He's outproduced Kinlaw just about every way as a pass rusher over the last two years. So I think Brown is kind of getting a bad, bad rap with, with the pre-draft talk so far. Oh man. I just love how much you've changed your opinion on Derek Brown. And it just, it just makes me happy to hear you talk about him in a positive light now. Admittedly. Yeah. I, I was one of those guys early on that didn't want, you know, was, before I really watched the tape, I was kind of dragging his name through the mud. So, well, can, I, I want to ask Brett a question, and uh, it's the same slogan that the UPS uses. But like, what can Brown do for you? Like, what is Brown going to do for the Detroit Lions? Because if you if you want to use his pass rush ability, it doesn't seem like that's something the Lions are super interested in doing. So, the, my whole beef with Brown has been picking him at three. If the Lions traded out of the top ten and got Derek Brown, I don't think I'd be so upset with it. I wouldn't be thrilled with it because the Lions have this huge hole at corner that they need to fill. But I'm I'm just not sold on Derek Brown as being a top 10 talent because of the position he plays. So, like, so, so I guess my, my question for Brett is essentially like where does Brown's value line up with where the lions would value him in the draft. Yeah. Brown fits that defense like perfectly. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, he, mm-hmm. he played up and down that defensive line at Auburn. He's, he's a guy that plays with like, he's a strength and power type of player. 
So he's, he's got decently long arms. He plays with really great extension, sheds blockers, creates havoc in the backfield, takes on double teams. Um, you know, I think PFF would tell you that no player really takes on double teams well, but Brown does that as about as well as you would expect a guy his size and his strength level to do. Um, he just cha- he's a game changer on, on the front. What's really cool about him is, despite his size, he's not he's not pigeonholed into playing nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't play a ton of nose tackle at Auburn. He, he moved all over the place, as I already mentioned. But uh, so I think he'd be a really good complementary piece to a Danny Shelton on early downs. Similar to kind of how Aishon was to uh, um, Snacks Harrison the year that those, those guys both played really well for Detroit. Mm. Um, I think he can fill the Aishon role very well next to Shelton on those early downs. He's going to give you elite production stopping the run, and I, th- I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good pass rusher too, despite popular do you, opinion. Do you think he'll be just a two-down player though in this defense? I don't think he has to be, no. No, no. from what I've seen from Patricia so far, I mean, he is... You know, it's not like he's pulling the the fatties off the field on third down. If he decides to do, <laughs> sometimes he if he decides to do that, then, then maybe Brown. But like, he know, wouldn't be part of that more. like NASCAR package, right? Like where they got four pass rushers lined up on on, on the front. Yeah, I don't know. It depends. You know, are you if you're putting one guy in the middle, are you picking a guy with size like Brown or Shelton or John Atkins on the roster? Or are you going to go with Hand? Right. I mean, Hand. He's more of a three technique. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying in the NASCAR package. Probably not, but um, he's a pocket mover, man. Yeah. Yeah. So like just there's the possibility that like, hey, if they wanted to, they could. Yeah, absolutely. 100 percent. I think he's getting a lot of crap for his athleticism and uh, be a better athlete. though. <laughs> if you look at the three three most predictive things for pass rush success translating to the NFL, it's it's PFF pass rush grade, um, weight adjusted broad jump, and weight adjusted short shuttle. He checked all three of those boxes actually pretty well. Mm. So yeah. um, while well, he's not like a great athlete, he's he's I think he's athletic enough to do what he does well at the next level. Yeah, I think this was an interesting comparison, and I think it probably helped or maybe not helped inform my opinion about him. It it was Eric Schlitt during the draft combine. He pulled up and showed his numbers right next to Haloti Nada's. And immediately I was like, okay, so he's just like a run stuffer. That's what he does. (laughs) And I know that, I know that Derek Brown has these pass rush abilities, but just seeing those athletic scores and seeing them right next to Haloti Nada's, I'm like, okay, so like he's going to serve this very specific role and he might be really good at it, but like, it's not worth the number three pick. So no disagreement there. Yeah. Yeah. Last question on, on Brown before we move to our predictions. Um, What, how far back would the lines have to trade where you'd be like, okay, they just got Brown at good value. Yeah. um, He's so he's 16th overall on PFF's board. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd want to get to at least around that spot, maybe in the twenties because of the, I think he fits Patricia's scheme so well. I probably comfortable with him anywhere between 10 and 20, to be honest with you. All right. Yeah. I was going to say second Raiders pick number 19. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's time to, it's time to make some predictions. I know Ryan, you, you may have wanted to get one more word in Brown, but we don't have time. Okay. You didn't. Okay. Never mind. Uh, I don't want to talk about Derek Brown. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw out, we got about five or six questions, maybe even a little more if we have some extra time. Uh, just basically making predictions about what happens uh, in the next three days of the draft. Um, let's start with 
this is kind of like our first bite question that we like to ask. What's the one thing you think you know is going to happen regarding the Detroit Lions draft weekend? Let's let's start with Ryan because he's familiar with the with the format. What's one thing you think you know is going to happen with the Detroit Lions this draft? They're going to take Jeffrey Okuda. Okay. Like I don't I don't know I don't know if it, I don't know I I know it's it's really bold of me to say, but here's the thing: I, I don't know if it's going to be at three. I don't know if it's going to be at five. I don't know if he's going to be at six. I don't know where it's going to happen, but the Lions are walking out of this draft with Jeffrey Okuda. It's happening. So I should already buy the jersey is what you're saying. No, no wait, not, 23. You, not you. No, stop. No, oh, you're, the, you're the last person to buy that jersey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, he, he's, just, he's their guy. Yeah. It, I mean, we've talked for months now at this point about how good of a fit he is and the value. I, while some people still hammer on the idea that, that a cornerback isn't worth a top five pick simply because it doesn't happen a lot. Um, yeah. Brett just gave the kind of what the fuck shrug. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, I think, I think we all agree that cornerback is absolutely worth a top five pick, um, especially in today's NFL, as Bob Quinn himself said, there are three starting cornerbacks on, on your defensive roster and basically everyone's base at this point. So it's a, it's a valuable position. Um, I, I understand sometimes it takes a year or two for them to kind of catch their feet, but uh, you know, they're, they're getting paid upwards of 15, 16 million a year now. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. So I would um, pick a corner first overall, if there were no good quarterbacks, no good edge rushers and no good offensive tackles. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why the Lions went out and got Desmond Trufant though, because now it's not baptism by fire for Jeffrey Okuda. Like right. he's not lining up. And I mean, True. this is, this is prior to you think about all the problems that Slay had over the past couple of years. He had to go up against a gauntlet of receivers, Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs. I mean, there were guys every at every turn that he had to line up against. So uh, he's not going to have to line up against those top guys. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go over to Brett. What's the one thing you think you know about this Detroit Lions draft? Oh, I think at some point they will take a defensive tackle. <laughs> oh, I'll make it more bold than that. On day one or two, they'll take a defensive tackle. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, nice. Do you have Do you have a guy in mind that you'd like them to get? Sure. Yeah. If they didn't, um, they didn't trade back for any, you know, grab someone like Brown or, or Kinlaw or whatever. Um, McKelvin, McTelvin Ajim. Is that how you say his name, Jeremy? Yeah. It's either yeah. Ajim or Ajim. I'm not sure, but yeah. Ajim. Yeah. Guy from Arkansas. Yeah. I think he fits what they want to do really, really well. And he's, he's got the same positional versatility I've kind of described with Brown and mm-hmm. um, Marlon Davidson, where he, was miscast a lot at Arkansas played on the edge as like a six, three, 300 pound dude, which is so weird. I don't know why coaches are doing that, but uh very, very athletic guy. And he's very strong plays with great extension stuff that Patricia's really looking for. He, they also coached him at the senior bowl, which I think is right. very, very important for, yep. especially for this draft with all the, the COVID stuff going on. I think the, the layer of familiar familiarity there will be very good for them. And um, so I can see him go being their 85th pick. They're their second, third mm-hmm. rounder at right now. Yeah. Nice. All right, Reno, what's one thing you think you know about the Lions draft? Uh, I know that the Lions are not going to draft a linebacker on the first or second day. Mm. Does that include Isaiah Simmons? That includes Isaiah Simmons, even though mm. they should make him a quarterback. Um, <laughs> also, Oh, a two part. I, I know that they're going to take somebody on day two that we're just not talking about ever as, <laughs> as for every yeah. year. 
Absolutely. And it's funny because like every year we think we get a little bit smarter, like, okay, well now we know if they're going to draft a linebacker, he's, he's got to be at least 245 pounds, 250 pounds. But like, you're right. There's still going to be one guy where it's just like, how, how did no one see this guy or, or what, or what the hell are they doing? Well, we, we figured <laughs> out, those small- ben- I was going to say, we figured out those benchmarks and then they drafted Jelani to buy. We're like, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's going to be someone like Isaiah Coulter, the receiver from Rhode Island, or something like that. Like, there, <laughs> yeah. There'll be like legit like receivers on the board, and just, just keep them coming. Just keep naming name. names so that we got this. Yeah, if if, yeah. if, if we all just say enough names. <laughs> um, well, speaking of of some bold names out there, what is your guys' one bold prediction for the Lions draft? Very particular about the Lions here. Who wants Who wants to go first? Not Ooh, me. me. I don't me, know me, if me, I have one. Okay, Ryan. Bold prediction. The Lions, go. The Lions draft two receivers. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I think I, we I, can all agree that they they'll draft one. Yeah. Why not? Let's get let's get uh, let's get a little frisky in here. Okay. So I mean, hopefully they get one of the top guys, or at least like maybe like the tier two guys with one of mm-hmm. their uh, either they're picking the second round, or maybe if they trade back, they get one of those. Um, you know, they don't get the Jerry Judy or they don't get the CB lambs of the world, but maybe they get like Chenault from Colorado or, you know, some other name that you want to, you want to fill in, but maybe like later in the draft, they take a chance on a guy like Prochet that we've been talking about for all this time. Um, some guy, or maybe they, they do get KJ Hill, but I, I, I just think it's a draft where there are so many receivers and this team we've been talking about it. And this is the thing, Jeremy, like we're so, we're so like, talked out about the draft at this point, yep. but some of these, some of these things you can't talk yourself out of, like even, even the idea about, you know, drafting Okuda at three and not trading back, like that's going to be a level of disappointment that fans are not ready for, but th- that's not something to be disappointed about. So, yeah. I mean, it's uh, funny I'm just saying two receivers. It's funny because I feel like fans were not disappointed at that thought a while ago. And now we've been talking so oh, yeah. much about trading yes. back. Now they would be extremely disappointed with mm-hmm. getting Okuda at three. You're a hundred percent right there. Those, those field goal post move, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why draft season is horrible and too long. And <laughs> I hate it. Uh, <laughs> Brett, why don't you throw out a, a bold prediction for the Lions draft? They won't take a running back on day one or two. Yes. Woo! Let's go. Nope. I love you, Brett. I love you. Nah, I think you're right. I hope you are right. I yeah, I mean, dude. I hope so too. My God. You, you you don't. The people don't need to hear me rant about how much I don't like the value of running back in the first two rounds of the draft. Even right back into the first, get it. you some Jonathan Taylor, baby. <sighs> Also, also no, no trading of draft picks for Leonard Fournette. You don't want that contract. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in our mailbag, <laughs> but because uh, yes, I, I think uh, draft or Lions Twitter is is obsessed with that idea a little bit. Now, I, I want to discuss it a little more in depth, but we, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Reno, what's your your bold? Oh, you already gave me your bold prediction, right? No, no, he didn't. no. Okay, okay. I'm just going to go super bold. Welcome your new Detroit Lion, CD Lamb. Wow. Can I, can I ask a follow-up here? Sure. Is this is this a trade up or a trade down? This is a trade down. Okay. Anywhere in the top ten. Five, okay, six, so he, he's nine. Top ten, top ten guy for you. Yep. Interesting. I'm going the, real the, bold. 
if, if we're talking, if we want to bring it back to Bob Quinn's presser for a second, the, the one thing I think that was semi-interesting that he said is, you know, someone asked him, you, you have like a list of, of top tier players, like a tier one players that are seven or eight players long. And I think it was Justin Rogers who asked him, are you willing to trade out of that top 10 tier, top tier? And he said, I could see myself doing it, but ideally no. And I don't know if CD lamb is out of that tier one of players. It, I, I'd say he's probably towards the bottom of the, of the tier one, if he is on there, but um, I don't know that that's an interesting scenario. Anyone, anyone else think that that's a, a possibility? It's an interesting possibility. Alex, is he, <laughs> is he wide receiver one for you? Uh, no, Ruggs is wide receiver one, but CD lamb is uh, number two. So you have two, two top 10, two receivers in your top 10. I never said that. <laughs> you kind of just implied it. I'm just saying. I I'm just him. saying that if the Lions were going to pick one of them, it'd be Ceedee Lamb. Okay. Yeah. okay. Brett, what what are your thoughts on all of this stuff? I mean, I'm Team PFF all day, so wide receivers and corners, baby, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I would kiss Bob Quinn in the mouth if he dra- if he traded back and drafted Ceedee Lamb. So. <laughs> the only thing you're going to taste is snake oil. <laughs> Wow, he he gets drunk off his own supply, huh? Hey, he 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 never list he never listened to Ten Crack Commandments by Biggie. Never get high on your own supply. Uh, all right, next question: What's the one thing you are sure will not happen for the Lions on draft day? Who wants to go? Mm. No, not I. I went first. I, this right. is a, this is a tough question to answer because I everything's on the table for them. It, it does there's kind so, of feel so like everything picks. is on there's the, so yeah. many picks, and if they do trade back, there's even more picks. So that's why I was comfortable in saying something like, "Hey, the Lions are going to draft two wide receivers." Sure. All right, I got one. Okay. The Lions won't take a quarterback at number three. <laughs> 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 Just in case there's, I can't imagine there's anyone listening to this podcast anymore that actually believes that's going to happen or, or, or even, or maybe even wants it to considering how, like <laughs> how much we've scoffed at the idea of drafting a guy like Tua third overall. Um, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. This team, this team a, loves a Matthew strong overlap with 97 the, one. The Lions are going to take Justin <laughs> Herbert at number three to make Brett look really bad because he <laughs> crapped on him earlier and said that they're not going to draft a quarterback at three. So they just want it. They want to get a younger Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be uh, what would happen to me for sure. Right. All so right. The ori- original question, Jeremy, let me answer it for you. What was it again? The- what what are the lines not going to do on draft day? Any of the days? Any of the days. I don't think they're going to take a linebacker. <laughs> I think Wait, so I you, think you, you flipped you flipped Reno's answer to the the opposite question. I like that. I just I I don't think I don't think they're going to draft a linebacker because I think they're pretty set at that position. They they seem to like Christian Jones. Uh, Jared Davis is the best middle linebacker in football, according to Bruce Harrison. <laughs> and uh, they they got Jamie Collins in the offseason. So. And they got Jelani Tavai. I think they're pretty set at linebacker. I don't know if they need too much depth. Um, they have, you know, special teamers like Jalen, you know, uh, Reeves Maben. And I don't know. I, I just don't see them investing a pick, no matter how many picks they have, in, in taking a linebacker. This just seems like a weak linebacker class. Is that is that accurate, Brett? I don't like it. No. no. 
Especially not good talent on too. day three, but uh, day one and two, I don't, I don't think it's. Well, yeah, if you're saying it's good. good talent on day three, it's not good. Tells, that tells <laughs> yeah. you what to think about days one and two. All right, Randy, yeah, do you have an answer? To your... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Brett. What do you, what do you guys think? Jamie Collins is going to play. Is he I, off I the ball? Is he going to play Jack? I think they're going to move him all around. I, I feel like fitty, fitty. I need to start you know, accepting the idea that there might not be a quote unquote starting Jack linebacker. Like they're just going to rotate and be more multiple. Like they, they've promised that they're going to be, which we haven't really even, I mean, we see it a little bit, but I feel like they haven't been as versatile as they've wanted to be in the past. And Jamie Collins is a big key in, in making them more versatile. I think Let me Tavai's, follow up. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think Tavai's got some really good pass rushing traits too. I think Jared Davis though, he's, way better at rushing up the middle. I mean, maybe you can even throw him in there. I, I kind of agree with what you said, Jeremy. Right. You had a follow so up there. What, yeah. What's the front look like then? If, if Collins is like half Jack, half off ball, I'm assuming that means they're going to play Tavai and Davis in a similar like KVN high tower role mm-hmm. with Collins all in the yeah. field together. So are they going to, for the other edge spot, then are they going to go for a big body guy or a, or a small body guy? Because they're going to draft somebody to play that spot, right? I mean, that's... hey, remember Austin Bryant? No, he's going to do. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Um, I I feel like they do like him still, though. I mean, they drafted him, right? Like, I bet they have a plan for him, and I bet they probably like him more than they should, and they're probably going to have a big role for him, and he's going to suck, and uh, they're not going to have a plan for when he sucks. And there we go. All right, all I'm right. Sorry. That was a little too much. They they could play Chase Young at Jack. Hey, that plays into my uh, my answer. <laughs> Did you already give it? I don't even remember. I didn't <laughs> get it. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get what, it right what's now. One though. thing that they won't do. They won't take Chase Young, and he's going to be there on the board at number three. Oh my god! So if if that by the way, I don't know if you know this, Reno, because you probably don't listen to the show. If that happens, I owe Ryan dinner. I hope it happens now. Do you actually do you actually hope that they pass on Chase Young for Jeff Okuda? Yeah, okay, you got me. I, I really would be very <laughs> upset. Yes, I want, I, I, want Bre- I want Brett to weigh in on this. On if they should pass on Chase Young, yeah, and take Jeffrey Okuda. Do you think that there's any possibility that that? Happens oh, I know. I know the answer Thursday already. Night? So, yeah, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this in one podcast, but being Team PFF. We would definitely favor the coverage player over the over the defensive end. However, big caveat for me, I think there's a lot of corner talent in the draft that extends into day two, you know, round two, round three. I think it's much easier to find a very good corner later, you know, outside of round one than it is an edge player. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're going to take two, if you know you're going to take both of those, you know, a corner and an edge, I would much rather them take Young at three and then grab the corner at thirty-five or sixty-seven or whatever they, whatever they got to do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next question. This is just going to be a, a one-word answer. Will the Detroit Lions make a selection third overall in this draft? Ryan. No. Brett. Yes. Alex. No, (laughs) I think they will. I don't think they're going to be able to trade out of it. And that's going to go into the next question, which should we, should we hit the two a theme? 
Is it two o'clock time? Yeah, it's two o'clock time. Let's do it. All right. In the theme, you guys won't be able to hear it, but it's playing right. That is our Tua Talk theme. Answer is simple. Where where and when? Uh, let, let's say when. When will Tua Tagovailoa go in this draft? Because the last couple weeks, it really seems like he's on a downward trajectory. And there's there's talk about him slipping not only out of the top 10, but maybe into the out of the top 20. Um, is anyone buying that? Where do you think Tua Tagovailoa gets drafted? Alex? Um, I still think he's going to go probably fifth or sixth. I'd say, uh, chargers. That's where he's going to end up. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> Brett is showing his glass that has a Patriots logo on it. <laughs> you th- do, you th- do you think that's happening? I mean, I could totally see it happening. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if they'd have to give up a ton to get up that high. I don't think or he just- goes further, further than sixth. Okay, so you're not buying any of this. Patriots would have to come that up that high, I think, because the whole reason I don't think the Lions can trade back is because I don't think the Dolphins and the Chargers want the same quarterback, and that's what it all comes down to, right? They have to have they have to want the same guy, basically. And mm-hmm. I just think uh, I think he's probably going to go to the Dolphins mm-hmm. or the Chargers, and the other one will take Herbert, and they'll be happy with it. And as much as I'd love to see the Patriots acquire a talent like Tua, uh, I just don't think they've got the firepower to come up. Unless they trade with the team that happens to be very friendly with them and uh, a GM who's sure. made five draft day trades and three of them have been with the Patriots. How would you feel if they traded uh, number three for number 23 and Joe Tooney? Nah, no. I don't care you about bet, guards. Guards don't matter. You better, throw Stephon, in the league. you better throw Stephon Gilmore in that deal. Well, shoot, I'm <laughs> in if they're doing that. <laughs> um, for me, Jeremy... Well, yeah. first of all, Jordan Love's going to be a better NFL quarterback than Tua. Whoa. Whoa. That's, I don't hate that take. I don't hate it. I don't even hate it. <laughs> Brett does, but I'm just saying it because I want to get blasted someday for it, but I got to believe it. I got to believe in the people that I come to the dance with. Um, I think Tua, there's no way that Tua slips out of the top 10. Med- medical. No medical, way? There's no way he slips out of the top 10. No way. There's no way. A team has to like him, though. I think the Dolphins. I don't? think the Dolphins like him. I'm trying to find that that Bob Bob McGinn. He he writes for the Athletic, and he always puts out a piece where he talks to scouts and, and general managers. And he he had them list on a scale of one to ten how concerned they are about his medicals. And the average answer was like a seven and a half. Yeah, Smoke that's exactly it's exactly what they want you to think. Maybe yep. maybe. All right. We'll see. We'll see on draft day. Um, We've gone a little bit over on this. So we're going to continue our draft predictions in our mailbag segment, kind of push the mailbags over to the end. We might go over on the mailbag segment. We might just cut some mailbag questions. Sorry. Maybe I'll just answer some on the on the site, but stick with us. More predictions coming next in our 2020 NFL draft preview podcast. Stick with us. And we are back with the Pride of Detroit 
NFL Draft Preview Podcast. We're not quite yet at the mailbag, so don't throw in that mailbag theme yet, but we will get to it because we still have some predictions to go over. Um, Two more. Will the Detroit Lions draft a wide receiver? Um, We already know Ryan's answer to this one because he thinks they're going to draft two. And if so, name him. Let's let's start with Ryan. Since the answer to the first question is yes, throw out a name that you think the Lions are going to draft a wide receiver. And this is this is especially challenging because the Lions could really use any kind of wide receiver, I think, on this roster. Okay, so the last time I was super deep in the mock drafts, I've only done one so far this year, and that was the one in which Chase Young falls to three. Um, And I mean, that's a dream scenario for me. But uh, in that mock draft, I said the Lions could grab KJ Hill in the third round. And I think having an extra third round pick, I think KJ Hill just screams Lions. I think he fits a huge need if they obviously they're going to have to pony up. And I think they should pony up and sign Kenny Galladay. But Danny Amendola is getting a little long in the tooth. I like him, but it'd be really nice to have somebody who could step in after the season and you kind of insulate yourself from having those wide receiver growing pains in year one where, you know, you're really relying on him to do too much. And I think KJ Hill is just an awesome fit. And I think that you, I mean, sticky hands, Ohio state's leading receptions. Um, he's, he's the dude. I like him a lot. Fair enough. Reno. Will lines draft a wide receiver? Uh, yes. Yes, they will. I don't, is, is KJ Hill really that good, Brett? Cause I feel like I don't like unathletic wide receivers. I haven't watched them yet, but I look at that RAS card and, uh, I'm not feeling it. I don't know. But, um, in terms of wide receivers, I already said CD lamb. I'm going to say, wow, rude. <laughs> <laughs> you just asked Brett what he thought of KJ Hill. Then you're like, <laughs> I gave I gave him like zero seconds. Oh, I was waiting until you finished your question. Brett. Yeah, I was going to answer real Anyways. quick and then just throw it back at him. I, I'm just going to say I said CD Lamb. I'm going to throw KJ Hamler in there too because I want I want more speed. Give me speed. It's the wrong KJ bitch. Mm, what like a four six five? He's slow. He sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think the his lack of speed is an issue. Plus, he didn't really play on the outside at Ohio State. Mostly a slot guy. I think slot-only corners typically last in the draft later. I do think he's got some pretty good route-running technique, though, which a lot of the Ohio State receivers coming out lately have. So, Michael Thomas? I don't know. Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, yeah. Scary Terry? Um, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'd love him on day one or two, but I mean... You know, I'd be fine with him at some point in the draft for sure. All right, Reno, I'll let you answer the second half of that question now uh, in terms of a wide receiver you think the Lions may draft. KJ Hamler. Oh, that's right. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Well, then let's start to Brett. Uh, First question, will they draft a wide receiver? Yes, absolutely. All right. Who who is the magic man? Who's the guy that the Lions call? The question I have is, are we going to get Bob Quinn tendencies or Daryl Bevel tendencies? Because Bevel liked these smaller bodied, quick and fast receivers when he was in Seattle. Bob Quinn loves these big bodied, you know, height, weight, speed guys like Galladay, Marvin Jones, et cetera. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say Bob Quinn wins this, this argument. And I'm going to say Michael Pittman Jr. is the guy. 
I personally love the dude. I think he's a really good player. I think um, despite some opinion, he's a very good compliment to Galladay. If they keep Galladay, he's also has the, the mold to be a, a true number one if they don't keep Galladay. So I, I do really like him. All right. We're going to keep it with the uh, um, <clears throat> skill positions and move to running backs. And I want to go right back to Brett because he's already – He's already been singing the kind of toots I want to hear when it comes to running backs in the draft. Do you think the Lions draft a running back in this draft? And if so, who? I think there's a good shot. They do. They do take a running back. Um, but I think it would be day three. I think they're going to okay. look for a guy that um, fits that bevel system. You know, someone that's big and quick more than fast. I'd love to see a guy like Zach Moss on day three. I don't know if Zach Moss will be there, but that's my dude. Um, the dude from TCU as well, Sewu. I can't, I can't pronounce his name. I'm not going to try. Um, he is a very underrated player. He's huge, six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds. Very fast, very athletic. Also, very underrated pass catcher. So he could fill multiple roles there, and uh, I think he'd be a very good, um, you know, option outside of carry on a Bo Scarborough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan, your turn a name that everybody has fallen in love with but aj dillon um and i think that the lines do run I, th- I think they do draft a running back and brett isn't a big fan of him i just <laughs> developed a crush on him because he won me some money in a fantasy in a college fantasy football thing so um i don't know he, he has an interesting combination of size and speed and um i think i think that i don't know I, I know they're going to draft a running back. I hope they don't trade up in the second round to do it again. <laughs> What's your beef with Dylan, Brett? Oh, my number one trait when I'm like scouting running backs is burst. I don't care about top level speed. Whoa. I don't care about your 40. It's Zach, burst. Zach Moss doesn't have burst though. Yes, he does have burst. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. <laughs> He's very bursty. I love Zach Dylan, Moss. Dylan, I'm very I'm glad you mentioned Zach Moss, but I think he has great vision, great contact balance. I don't think he has great burst, but that's just me. Well, speaking of burst, what? how about one other name that I can throw out here? What about uh, Eno Benjamin from Arizona State? How do you feel about him, Brett? I do like Eno Benjamin. Yeah. He's a, he's a, you think he's just a little small. He's like five, nine though. That doesn't matter anymore. You know, they're okay. 11 personnel so triumphant that you're never, you're not seeing these eight, nine man boxes anymore. And mm-hmm. I think uh, in the, in the right set of circumstances, he could be fine as a, as a running back. He's a really good pass catcher too. And he's just ridiculously elusive, which I think translates well to the NFL. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think this question too, Jeremy, I think it really is dependent upon how much they trust in what they have right now, because they did draft Ty Johnson and they have carry on sure. and they have both Scarborough. So they have guys but do they trust in all those guys? I just, I don't think they do. I think they, that, I think that they, they want to build right? themselves. Like, yeah. I think they want to build themselves a little contingency plan. Sure. Um, all right, Reno, give me a running back. You like is assuming you think they're going to draft one. Uh, I do. Um, I'm very glad that Brett said Zach Moss because he's one of my favorites in this class. I think, I think he's probably, I think he's even a day two talent, but I think he probably will go on day three and that's, that's a good spot to get him. Um, great vision, great contact balance. I think he's a good fit for the scheme. Um, I 
I wouldn't be surprised if we do take a running back on day two, even though it would give Jeremy fits and Brett would also hate it. But I, I love Jonathan Taylor and I love JK Dobbins. JK Dobbins is my favorite running back in this class. And I think he'd be a great fit for Detroit. So if we do, if we do trade back in the first round and get an extra second pick, I wouldn't mind taking somebody like JK Dobbins. I'm sorry, Jeremy. That's right. Um, it's been great having you, Reno. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Officially lost his invite to the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Ryan, I, we're, we're about to go to the mailbag, but uh, Ryan, I know you've got another question. Or did well, we? I just, no, no. I had a question about skill positions and specifically okay. wide receiver, because this is a name that I think has been really popular amongst Lions fans. I've seen on my Twitter feed, uh, but I wanted to get Brett's opinion on it. Cause I talked about it on one of the past podcasts, but Chase Claypool. Uh, mm-hmm. Brett, do you really view him as being a wide receiver or a tight end of the next level? Just because he is one of those big bodied guys. So I think a lot of Lions Twitter has become, become enamored with him and said like, Oh, Hey, like this is a guy who could be like a Marvin Jones replacement. Yeah. I, I have him as a wide receiver on my board and he fits that Bob Quinn, you know, height, weight, speed, mold freak athlete. I mean, we haven't seen a guy that size at receiver in quite some time that can run the way he does. So, mm-hmm. um, if, if the Lions drafted him, I would just say play him at wide receiver, obviously. Um, okay. I think there might be teams that have him as a tight end or, you know, move tight end piece on their board. More of like an F type that is going to kind of play in the slot, be a big slot guy. I would just stick him on the outside and let him boss small cornerbacks all over the place. Yeah, I was going to say he kind of kind of fits that Evan Ingram mold a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think you could develop him into something like that. Mm. For sure. All right. This is unorthodox, but we're going to go into the mailbag in the middle of this segment. So, Chris, hit the mailbag theme. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Hey, welcome to the mailbag, the mid, mid-segment mailbag. Um, speaking of skill positions... Let's jump right into the Leonard Fournette talk. We got a question from the Detroit Den on Twitter. He asked, what would a trade for Fournette look like? Any chance the Lions would be interested? It would look bad. And <laughs> no. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Th- why do you think he's a bad fit or the Lions just aren't? I'm not a big Leonard Fournette fan. Um, I I don't want to invest any resources into getting him either. And then when is his contract up? This is last year. He has a fifth year option though. So then you're going to have to pay him if he does have a good year. I just feel like everything about it is screaming. Heck no. What about you, Brett? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I'd consider flipping a 2021 seventh round pick for him or something. (laughs) Wow. Or maybe, um, Maybe they could give us Yannick and Gakwe and we'll take on Fournette. <laughs> there you go. But uh, no, I'm not super interested in that. He just makes too much money. Then like Alex said, if he does happen to have a good year, then you're forced between the awkward decision of paying him and letting him walk. And, uh, you know, yeah. Featured like a 2021 seventh. I'm in other than that. I'm out. So, I mean, you wouldn't say like even like a fifth round pick is worth him for a one year rental or anything like that. Why do we nah. need a rental? We're not going to do anything. We're not going to make the playoffs. We're not going to get a playoff win. <laughs> yeah, I, I fire that talk up, baby. Man, just cut you from the podcast. I'm uh, sorry, but if he has a great year, I don't know. Fine. He, like you don't he, yeah, well, we don't need I mean, rentals right now. 
that's all you should. That's that's what a running back is for their entire career is a rental. So, <laughs> so I don't disagree. I don't think I don't like giving a second contract to a running back, but I just I don't see the point of getting somebody like him. We're not we're not going anywhere. I don't know. Mm. Well, Bob Quinn could be going somewhere. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see him make a short sighted move like that. (laughs) But, but here's the thing. I thought, I thought this was a really interesting point from Warren Sharp that he made on Twitter, the top five running backs in 2019 cap hit David Johnson traded Todd Gurley cut Le'Veon Bell averaged 3.2 yards per carry last season. Leonard Fournette's on the trade block and Lamar Miller's a free agent. So, I mean, you don't want to be paying a running back. So, I mean, if you trade for Leonard Fournette, he's truly a rental. You're not, you're not re-signing him. Even if he averages 4.6 yards of carry, even if he has like a Derrick Henry season, you're not re-signing him. And if you are, you're making a really bad move. Agreed. Yep. I'm, I'm a little more open to it, surprisingly, uh, as someone who doesn't value running backs that much. Yeah. Wow. What the hell is happening right now? Okay, first of all, like, he's not that expensive in a trade. I know he has an 8 million cap hit, but that's, that's with his original contract. I, I don't believe the lines are going to be due for his signing bonus. So that they're just basically paying his salary, which is 4 million. It's 4 million. Yeah. Right. It's 4 million. So not, not, not a huge hit there. That's, that's a reasonable price to be playing. And if you trade a fifth round pick list, I mean, I'm totally fine with a one year rental costing a five year or I'm sorry, a fifth round pick and $4 million. Like that's, it's not great. It's not horrible though. My question is just about him staying healthy, right? Like that's, that's the biggest question about him as a, as a player to me is can he stay healthy? He's just coming off his first, like actually good year rushing for over four, four, three, a carry and over a thousand yards. But this, this isn't a move that wouldn't completely shock me and wouldn't make me quite upset. I mean, I wouldn't, it's not a move where I'd be like, holy crap, this is great because essentially I do view this as kind of a one year rental move, which is why I wouldn't pay more than a fifth round pick for it. But, um, no, it's a body, and it's one that doesn't really come with that big of a cost to me. Fifth round picks are important. They got the best cornerback available in the entire draft last year okay. with a so fifth you round pick. So you don't think the Lions need to draft a cornerback this year? Then obviously, <laughs> you need all the cornerbacks, Jeremy. Stop it. <laughs> Seven of them. I, Leonard Fournette. Is, he, but here's the thing: you're trading a fifth round pick for a guy who's a two down player, and then what did you trade up in the second round to get carry on Johnson for? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but <laughs> if you're getting a two down player in the fifth round of, of the draft, you're ecstatic. Yeah. But a, a two down player who's already going to be in competition with carry on Johnson. How are you going to get both those guys on the field? Jeremy, remember the, the problem, Garrett Blunt? The problem is, is you can't, the chances of you hitting on a player that gives you the same production as Leonard Fournette in the fifth round is pretty high, actually. Think so? Yeah, he's never graded above replacement level for us. Not one season, even this past year. He had decent volume stats. He carried the ball like 270 times. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get 1,000 yards on 270 carries. Every running back in the league should. 4-3 is a solid average. Yeah, it's Solid. Solid. I don't think it's great. <laughs> yeah. I don't either. That's why I'm only paying a fifth round traffic for it. <laughs> I, I would just rather take a stab at a younger player who's going to make, you know, half a million bucks the next four years in the fifth round. Enjoy another Go, dra- go draft uh, my guy from TCU in the fifth round. I'd rather do that. All right. Fair enough. Draft me uh-huh. in the fifth round. <laughs> there you go. Dave. 
our good friend Zucifer from Twitter asks, can you Zeus. mock can you mock draft of drafting the the best songs to sing at a karaoke party? Maybe like three. Mm. I kind I kind of blitz is number one, and I I think you absolutely killed it. Thank you. Yes. Um, as as I mentioned, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we did a a karaoke night last night for my birthday, um, but we also raised uh, almost a thousand dollars for Kyle Kasky's food local food drive, um, and Brino and I were just killing it all night. So you guys missed I, out. I don't know about the I don't know about me killing it, but you definitely killed it. Shout out to Steve's Tabor for coming in and yeah. absolutely killing the Rick Astley. Never going to give you up. Like it felt like Rick Astley was in the room. It was I, that's, that's exactly what my reaction was too. <laughs> Two things. One is bright side available on Twitch things or no. Ooh, I don't know. Not sure. Okay. Because that would be my go-to because it's just the same <laughs> lyrics like over again. And you can just bring more bravado to it the next time around. Uh, my second question is Brett, if you have a go-to karaoke song, I don't know if you've ever done karaoke, but if you had one, what would it be? All my life, Casey and Jojo. Yes. I want to drop everything right now and just jump on. Can Twitch we turn this into a Twitch thing? I'm not, I'm not doing it, but. <laughs> oh, man. Ryan, you'd be proud to know that I did a cult of personality as well. Clobber in time. I think I found a, a new favorite of mine in Wonder Boy by Tenacious D. <laughs> I, I did a couple of Tenacious D, right? I, I did the other. I the did other the other one. Yes, we know the what the other one is. Yeah. Apparently, so there was a random person that jumped on to the stream who was very young, clearly by his voice, and I was told that when I sang that song, the uh, the make love to her gently song. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, he immediately typed in the chat like, "Oh, I can't stay on the stream. I have to go. I'm going to get in trouble or something." Wow. Yeah. So. I drove away. Did did a duet with my wife? Great times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think we really answered your question, but um, I don't know. Does anyone else have like a, a go-to karaoke that they maybe like aspired to sing? Not really. Yeah. Mine, mine I, is Somebody to Love by Queen. I wish I could do that song. It's so good. But it's it's so hard. Alex, I would try which- that. I tried a lot of hard songs and I did really bad. I did. I did zombie by the cranberries. So I mean, <laughs> I'll try anything. I don't care if I embarrass myself. What song did you sing by Frank Ocean? Thinking about you. Oh man. How did you hit those high notes? You didn't. What? A, I, what? Only hey, one way to find out next time. Gary said I killed it. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to some Lions questions here. Uh, Nate B at Nate Dog underscore 906 says, if we draft an edge rusher, who shall it be? Surprisingly, we haven't really talked too much about edge rusher. We we talked a little bit about Aquar and Chase Young, but um, any other edge guys that, that catch your eye as specifically a, a fit in Detroit? Brett is waving his hand in excitement. Who, who you got? Say I want Josh Uche. Okay, yeah. He fits the Jack linebacker mold. He can also play a little bit off the ball. He kind of fits that whole... Hey, we don't know where this guy's going to be on this play thing. And I think it'd be great. He, he's shorter, like six one, but he does have longer arms for his height. So I think he'd be fine in the system. Phenomenal pass rusher though. Legitimately Ooh. phenomenal. Brett, you, I think I have, I think I have another interesting name for you. What about Curtis Weaver? Oh yeah. Uh, Curtis Weaver is the exact kind of guy Matt Patricia would like. Cause he has absolutely no juice. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, I thought you loved Curtis Sweet. Curtis Weaver. Oh, I do like Curtis Weaver. I think he's a really good player, but he has no juice. He's perfect for Matt. I don't know, you know if gonna, I agree with that. With, I think I'm going to play with my arms out and really extend the the tackle, and then eventually I'll soften that corner and get around him. I'm just going to contain rush the hell out of him for fifty. When you say a year. juice, you're talking about no burst, right? Yeah, no. He Curtis Weaver has zero juice. Zero I'm going to disagree on that. I kind of think his burst isn't great, but I feel like. Oh, so do you I, really, do you really agree then? I say it's not great, but I feel like when he's actually asked to completely pat, like rush the pat, rush the passer, I thought he showed good bursts. But a lot of the times, it just seemed like he was either asked to just sit there, or his snap at anticipation was bad. But I thought his actual explosiveness wasn't that bad. When people say his snap at anticipation was bad, that usually means they have zero juice. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that though. I don't know about that. That's more of a mental thing than an actual athleticism thing to me. No, what, what I'm what, it's not good. I it's not a good thing. <laughs> but I'm just so, saying, like when he's actually asked to attack, I feel like he's kind of kind of explosive. So so Brett talked to Uche, who was at the senior bowl. Another one that was on the same senior bowl team was Bradley and I, who I, I feel like has kind of a lot of the same traits that Uche does in, in, in one respect. Are you as, as big a fan of him, Brett? No, uh, mainly because I think um, Uche is an elite level athlete. I just don't think an I is um, there's some, there's some actually some really funny plays of like an trying to chase a quarterback out of the backfield and just completely, just like an average quarterback, just outrunning him to the corner, like by a significant margin. I just, I think a has got some cool tools. I think he's a great, maybe a great depth piece, a guy you can get later in the draft. I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with him, you know, later in the draft, but I would be willing to take Uche as high as, you know, late first, early second. So. Oh, yeah. I like an a lot. I would say Uche is like my second round guy. And then an would be like kind of your backup third round guy. I think I might like him even a little bit more than Brett, but I think there are a lot of really good pass rushers. I mean, I really like gross Matos is a lot. Aquara. Curtis Weaver. I like, I think a lot of guys this year are really good fits for the lions, whether they're, if they're Jack or more like three point stance. And I think a lot of those names we just said too are going to be available at the top of the second round. So, Epinesa. Mm-hmm. I hope so. He's, that he's would a be a trade flowers clone. I mean, if Epinesa is there at thirty-five, that's an A-plus pick right there. Perfect. All right. Last question comes from Kevin Hudson, and I'm I'm asking this question because I was actually on a podcast where I, I talked to a person that was trying to argue this. Um, is there any merit to these reports of Okuda not being an elite corner cover guy? Cover guy, for example, he lacks top speed, etc. Numerous sources claim some teams view Henderson as the better prospect. That just smokescreen coming late in the draft prospect, or are there any holes in in Okuda's game that that really aren't being talked about? Hundred percent. I mean, the questions both both and, in my opinion, yeah, I think Okuda's an elite cover corner, no doubt. If you want a guy who you're going to ask him to play press man coverage every single snap almost, yeah, he's your guy. But he does have some holes. He's not he's not very comfortable playing off. He's not very comfortable in, in really zone-heavy coverages where Henderson is both comfortable playing off and both playing in zone-heavy coverages. So if, if you're a team that plays a lot of zone, a lot of cover two and a lot of like cover three off, yeah, you're going to probably like Henderson a little bit more than Nakuda. Totally fine with that. 
things that CJ Henderson is better at than Jeffrey Okuda running faster. That's it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, do you have any reservations about Jeff Okuda as a prospect? I don't. He's the guy at number three. And I already told you earlier in the podcast, the Lions are walking out of the draft with him. So, yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap everything up, Brett, thank you for joining us. Is there anything from PFF that we need to, to get need to consume before Thursday? If you haven't got the draft guide yet, for sure. By the draft guide. Hell yeah. DM me it. I mean, it's awesome. It's like 1200 it. pages Great. this year. It's ridiculous guys. <laughs> it's and a beautiful a thing. Work into it, yeah. It's visually kind of beautiful. Yeah. It looks really good yeah. this year. I agree. And we added a whole team need section too at the end of the guide, which is really cool. But if if you haven't got it yet, uh, DM me on Twitter and uh, see if maybe if I can get you uh, some type of you know ten fifteen percent off. I'm not sure, but DM me and I'll I'll try to work something out. We I think you did something like this last year too. That's at PFF underscore Brett, correct? Yes, sir. All right, so make sure you all hit up that. Go see their awesome draft uh, guide and and everything else that they they provide. Um, obviously, is valuable. I know. People have some reservations with it, but they do a lot of amazing work over there and, and teams value it. That's, that's the thing that I think people always forget to realize is that NFL teams um, employ, not, not employ, but like, you know, pay for some of the stuff that you guys do over there. So it's obviously got some value to, to people over there. Um, Brino, do you, do you have anything to promote? (laughs) No. (laughs) How about that? That one website you work for sometimes? Oh, Hey, pride of Detroit.com. I did write, one article recently that wasn't an open thread and it was uh, the best fits at cornerback for the lions. Go check that out. If you want to do some mock drafting and uh, when the lions inevitably draft a cornerback, check it out. I don't know. I haven't done a whole lot of draft work this year, but check them out. You're here. Alex underscore Reno. He, he definitely has a lot of uh, draft takes on his, on his Twitter. So, and he likes to, to chat with his, his buddies as long as they're not being mean to him. Jeremy. That's true. We made it. This is the last podcast before the draft. I don't believe you. I feel like something's (laughs) going to happen. happen. (laughs) And we're going to have to talk about the draft for two more months. I don't believe it. No, that's literally. Why would you even say that? (laughs) Why would you even say that? Well, everybody that's been listening through the whole draft offseason, thank you for listening to all of our podcasts. Thank you for listening to this one. We are going to have some sort of live draft coverage on our Twitch channel on Thursday night, maybe even beyond that. So make sure you're subscribed. Uh, You follow our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. Again, when's the draft? Nine, eight, eight or nine on on Thursday. Um, We'll be live. Um, We're going to have a bunch of our panel there. uh, So it'll be all lines focused. So, you know, the ESPN coverage that cuts immediately away from the lines after they make their pick. Just jump over to us. We're going to be talking about forever. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm saying it right now. Oh, I would love if Brett joined. If Brett popped on, that's some hot stuff right there. Wow. But, putting, putting the pressure on right now. Hey, I invited him already. What else are you going to do? Hey, we're going to have Brett. We're going to have Alex. We're going to have Nath Bomb. He's the dude. We're also going to have draft podcasts every single night. So like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. Yeah. No, no, no. Not probably. We're doing it, Jeremy. Okay. We're doing that. I'm, I'm not right sleeping now. next week. No. Why sleep? <laughs> I sleep. We're going to have Jerry Mallory. We're going to have Darius Slay. We're going to have Matt Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, there's like a little, little ask if, if you can, if there was a visual asterisk I could put, like not, not all schedules are, guests are scheduled to appear necessarily. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening. Make sure you stay with us uh, all this week. Cause we're going to have a bunch of draft coverage. It's going to be a lot of fun. We finally made it all. Everybody. We did it. We'll see you on Thursday.